Are you tired of hearing about mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you've come to the right place. A space where healing is central, but also normalized. Join hosts Danika and Myra as we engage in topics around mental health and keep it real while also giving you the work. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey y'all, we're back for another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast, and today we have a special guest, but before we get started, I'm going to kick us off with a discussion question. So today we're going to be talking about relationships, and this is a question that's been on my mind. So Donika, in thinking about your friendships and your friends who have entered into new relationships, have they ever changed in any type of way that now that they're in a new relationship where you're like, hmm, maybe I should say something or they do something different that's not like them in this new relationship and you're like, what? Ooh. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean um, I'm trying to think of a specific example just because I think most people do kind of go through different changes or transitions in a relationship just because it's it's the change Mm -hmm. um but i'm trying to think of i don't know i try to i ain't gonna lie i try to stay out of people's relationship stuff because i understand it is on like its own thing i haven't had anyone change to the point where i've needed to say something where it's impacted our relationship so badly Mm -hmm. um if someone of any of my friends who I who have gotten in a relationship after we've been friends though, the our relationship ultimately has changed, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you don't say anything? No. Um okay. no. No. I don't say anything. And like I, I it's, it's it hasn't been to the point where it's like I can't be friends with this person or it's impacting my daily function or my daily life. So I kind of just let the changes come as they come. And, you know, as long as my friend is not hurting themselves or being disrespected, then, I mean, sometimes it's, I guess it's healthy change. I don't know. What about you? That's a hard question, girl. <laughs> yeah, because I've been in a lot of conversations with my friends because I'm the only one in a relationship. Um, but I was telling my best friend that I noticed in the past when friends have been in relationships, what irritates me is when their partner consumes their whole world. So it's like, if I ask to hang out and you got to bring your partner, or I ask to hang out and it's like, you can't because you're going to be with your partner. Or like when we're together, like that's all you talk about. Because um, my friends, they always clown me and they're like, you're that person that's like, Isaac is not your life. <laughs> you, you will flat out say that. Like you go places without him, like you don't care. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what matters to me. And so my best friend in particular was like, I think I'm going to become that person in a relationship. And I was like, well, I don't know if this friendship is going to last then. So we were just going back and forth of how can we find like a middle ground of where this person doesn't become your world because our friendship is probably not going to last. So ultimately she was like, actually, I'm not really that person. I was just thinking that I was and we could figure it out. Now she is in a relationship. And so now I'm like, see, you're not that person like you thought you were. Like we literally just went on vacation. Like you weren't like consumed with him the whole time. So we're figuring it out, but that has been like a theme across all my friends. And my friends keep saying they think they are that person. I'm like, I can't be friends with that person. So figuring it out. Lee, what about you? I, it, I'm a mom. So it made me think about like my relationships with my friends changed so much more once I became a mom. Whereas like having a partner, like they're a whole adult, you can leave them be and like, go do what you want to do when you want to do it. But having a kid, it's like, oh, well, I have to like pick up my kid from school or I need to like and that's a whole different dynamic to the relationship so I'm the only one in my friend group that has kids 
And so a lot of my best friends are there, they have partners, but they don't have any kids. And so they know like, oh, if we're going to ask her to do something, like you need a little bit more notice. And like, I still want to have fun and go out and do things, but it's just like, I have, there's a whole nother dynamic that gets thrown into it as well. Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah, that's a whole nother one with the kids. So it sounds like for you, Lee, just with your relationship, you don't feel like that one really impacted your like relationships as much. Yeah, I don't think having a partner changed my friendships that much. Um, Because most of my friends were single when I got married, and some of them are still single. Some of them have boyfriends now or are engaged and we all know that like having a partner is going to change things a little bit. Like your, your time is then divided more. Like there's other people then that you are splitting your time with. So it's going to be different in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a good question, Myra. (laughs) That was a great question. So just go ahead again, start again, segue to our episode today. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about interracial relationships, and we have a special guest, Lee, which I'm going to introduce. So um, Lee is a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing out of San Diego, California. She comes from a multicultural background and has gone through multiple life transitions in a relatively short amount of time. These transitions have looked like moving across country twice, as well as transitioning into the role of a mother and wife while also transitioning from student to full-time worker and business owner. All of these experiences influence and inform her work with young minority women and couples going through their own life transitions. So welcome, Lee. Thank you. So we want to kick it off and kind of ask you about um, where your passion comes from to have conversations about interracial relationships. Well, it's been something that I've been really passionate about since forever. I come from a multicultural background. So both of my parents identify as Jamaican, but that's a little bit more complex than just, oh, they're Jamaican. So my dad's parents are Chinese and African. My mom's parents are African and English. And so their backgrounds are multiracial and which in then turn means that my background's multiracial and I'm also married to someone who identifies as Mexican. And so then that means our relationship is interracial as well as our daughter is a very multiracial person at this point. There's all sorts of things that she's mixed up with. (laughs) So it's something that I realized at a very young age, like my views of the world and my perception of the world are a little bit different because of that exposure to so many races and ethnicities and different cultures and backgrounds. Um, And then I realized in my work as a therapist that couples coming from two different cultural backgrounds often have some unique challenges that have to be addressed in order to have a successful, healthy relationship. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, So I'm curious, um, in your work, like with clients, Black women in particular, um, with situation arise that pertain to Black folks in particular, I'm wondering um, some of the things that you might say to help them feel supported when they may feel like, oh, I can't turn to my partner, they may not understand this, or some tidbits that you might even share with like our audience who may be in a relationship where their partner is not Black and they're feeling like, oh, when certain issues arise, like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that especially with everything going on this past summer and all the racial injustices that people are starting to kind of wake up to, 
that has become a very common topic in my work with couples. So oftentimes it's black women who find me that are married to either someone that's white or someone of really any other race. Cause I know sometimes when we think of interracial, the automatic thought is black and white couple. And really and truly it's any race that's not your own race. So, so I work with a lot of black women who are either they're married to someone that's Asian, they're married to someone that's white, they're married to someone that just doesn't identify with black culture like they do. Um, and so it becomes really a, a topic of, okay, can your partner be empathetic and can they provide that support and are they willing to learn and listen to your unique experience and take that in and be willing to stand up for you and advocate for you and show up in Black spaces in a different way, even though they may not identify in that way. Um, it's it's really a, a hard topic to, to have. I mean, race is taboo in most households and they don't want to talk about it. And then there's depending on the generation of couples or older couples, there's often this idea that like, we married each other because we love each other. We don't look at race, races, you know, it doesn't, it didn't matter in our decision to be a couple. And really and truly nowadays, like that's not realistic. Like you can't just ignore the fact that your partner is different than you. And I think going into it, knowing like, okay, especially coming into the therapy space, knowing like it's going to be uncomfortable sometimes, but you have to be willing to sit in that uncomfort mm-hmm. and just imagine how uncomfortable your partner might feel if they feel like their identity, their culture isn't being respected or recognized in the relationship. And how can you change that? It has to be a non-judgmental space in your relationship to really discuss like, hey, like there's these things going on in the world that are affecting me in a way that they're not affecting you. And can you support me through that versus just trying to brush it under the rug and say like, that doesn't happen in our household. So we don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hear a lot about just standing in uncomfortability and mm-hmm. having a partner who's okay with doing that with you because of the uncomfortability that we feel as Black women. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you touching on that. Yeah, and also this thing of like, you have to, you have to approach it. You have to confront it. Um, and well, it sounds like too, well, it sounds like that is the suggestion from you that confronting it is better than just like acting like it doesn't exist, right? There, there has to be that willingness to, to learn and to be open to, to something different. I think that's one of the biggest characteristics of successful interracial relationships is and openness like you have to be open to something different than what you're used to which is probably the whole reason you got into an interracial relationship because you were open to dating people that didn't look like you and then you end up in this place where that has to be true throughout the relationship it can't just be like oh you know I don't care what you look like but I'm open to learning new things about you learning new things about your background especially when it comes to marriage like you have a new family that's going to be practicing different traditions and practicing different practices maybe than you and being open to participating and being a part of something that's new ultimately yes yes um and this next question I think this is really uh, important so basically 
um, you know, when you're in these interracial relationships, would you say that it's more difficult to kind of stay in tune with your cultural identities? Um, and when I say identities, right, I'm talking about our cultural, cultural identities. I'm talking about like everything, right? Not just like our ethnic backgrounds and, and races. Um, so what do you think about that, Lee? Yeah, I think there's, there's the chance that you get so wrapped up in your partner and the relationship that you lose some parts of yourself. And I think that's an experience that really anybody in any relationship feels at times where it's like, oh, I got so wrapped up in my relationship. I'm not hanging out with my friends as much anymore, or I'm not doing the things that I used to do. Mm -hmm. And it takes more work in a relationship to recognize that and to then say like, I am going to make a conscious effort to stay in touch with my identity and make the conscious effort to say like, these are things that are important to me. And I always say there's so much work you can do before you're even in a relationship to make sure this is true in once you do start dating someone, like making sure that you realize what are the things that are most important to me about my identity? Like, is it being independent? Is it my culture? Is it practicing certain traditions? Is it, what are the things that are non-negotiable ultimately? What are the things I'm not willing to change about myself once I'm in a relationship? So that when you are in that position where there's things that are being ultimately chosen one over the other, you're able to say like, this is something that I'm not willing to let go of or I'm not willing to compromise on so that you're able to stay in touch with that aspect and letting your partner know that so they know like this is something that I'm gonna have to get used to ultimately like this is something that I'm gonna have to either participate in with you or I'm gonna have to be open to you doing in your own time and knowing those things beforehand prevents a lot of issues down the line if, if you don't realize it's a problem until after it's happened two three four times and you're like oh they never let me go do this or practice this thing and then it becomes a point of tension versus going in knowing my partner is going to be supportive of this. Right. Do you think, and just given, you know, given the listeners an example, uh-huh. um, when you think about your own cultural identities and kind of how you just say, like, you kind of have to be really present and aware of what's going on to even notice if you are losing those pieces. Have you noticed within yourself things? Uh, different identities of our pieces of your identity that you're like oh snap I don't do that anymore had to like get back in tune with it or maybe it's a piece where you've been like I'm fine with that piece kind of fading away right now just giving an example of your own experience yeah so like in my relationship my husband is Mexican so there's a lot of family traditions that he's used to and then my family's Jamaican and there's a lot of traditions that I'm used to I don't think luckily I'm in a relationship where we are very cognizant of each other's identities and Mm. each other's cultures and we really embrace it and love the fact that we get to participate in two cultures now versus just one so um I haven't had a lot of issues with feeling like oh this isn't something that I do anymore it's more so finding the time to do the things it's it's something that I feel supported in but when you're balancing two families two different cultures and trying to balance that time there's some things that you have to choose like okay am I gonna go participate in this event or um I know Easter 
used to be like a really big thing in my husband's household. So his whole family would get together and they would spend Easter together and do like traditional Easter activities together. Whereas my family, like Easter wasn't as big of a deal. Like we, it was, you know, if there's kids around, you do like an Easter egg hunt and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And we decided for us, like, we don't want to make it a big deal. And so that was something that my husband then had to like compromise on. And he was like, oh, I'm not going to participate in all the family events around that time of year. Like we tend to keep it more low key at Easter and just kind of hang out by ourselves. Um, especially this past year with COVID going on, everything mm. kind of got shut down. But, um, but we, there are some things that we have had to change and alter in our relationship to, because you ultimately have a relational culture too, like a culture within your relationship. Mm. So there's this change that has to happen and these compromises that have to happen at times that you're like, okay, this isn't something that we're going to participate in every year anymore. Maybe it's something that every now and again we go and participate in. And that's just because of our own personalities and how we want to run our households. Um, But knowing that those changes are possible and that those compromises may have to happen in order to be successful in balancing all of the identities within the relationship. Yeah. Thank you so much for that down. Um, as you kind of were talking, you were starting to kind of talk about like, um, like more of your own like internal family now. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I know that your mom. And so we are curious about the work and supporting uh, your child and maybe clients who uh, um, need support, ensuring that their children understand these various pieces of their cultural backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you all do that? Yeah kids it's funny because kids is often the reason that interracial relationships recognize like oh yeah there's in our relationship that now we're we're interacting with because when you're just you and your partner it's really easy to oh we just do things a certain way because we're both adults and we do as we please and then grandbabies come into the picture and then now you have grandparents on both sides who practice two different cultures that are have expectations of oh we want to do this with our grandparents or share this part of our culture with them or do certain things and then it becomes kind of like a battle of like whose side of the family is going to get more attention I know in our household my my family lives in a different place than my husband's family and so at first when I was pregnant it was just like okay everybody wants to see us and that's fine we'll do Thanksgiving at one family Christmas at another But then now that there's a kid involved, then everybody's like, okay, well, we want to see the kid at Christmas. Everybody does. So so how can we be in two places at once? And how are we going to compromise things? So we end up having Christmas like three days in a row with all the different families. Um, So, but I know for a lot of couples, they just really don't think about it until kids are in the picture. And then you realize like we have to raise a multiracial child, which is different from being of one cultural background um I think the the biggest thing for us and something that were kind of values of ours in our own childhood was we value being proud of our background and being proud of our culture Mm -hmm. and so I grew up in a household where 
I was reminded every day that I'm Jamaican. <laughs> like, like there wasn't, there was no way of forgetting that. Like you are going to be proud of where you come from. You're going to know your history. You're going to make sure that you are living in a way that aligns with that cultural background and values. Mm-hmm. And my husband, the same way, he grew up being proud to be Mexican and proud of the family traditions and beliefs that he had. And so now we're trying to instill that in our daughter, but we're both doing it for two different cultures. So when we ask her like, hey, what are you? She's able to say I'm Mexican and Jamaican very proudly and she's four. So like, she's very aware of like, there are certain parts of your culture that are different, but you're multicultural and you can be proud of both. And we make a conscious effort to teach her her history and teach her about her background and ultimately expose her to both. So when she's at my parents' house, it's lots of reggae music and learning about their history and the things that they grew up seeing and valuing and participating in. And when she's with her abuela and her abuelo, it's it's mm-hmm. that side of the family. It's learning Spanish. It's learning about that history. It's taking trips to Mexico. It's, you know, it's really mm-hmm. immersing them and exposing them to these things. Because if you don't, ultimately, there's the chance that they lose that connection to that culture. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, they may not have a strong um, connection to their culture. And so then when they're teaching a child, they feel like, what do I even teach them? What do, What am I supposed to be exposing them to? And so it's a process of being open to like, okay, how can I be around people that that look like them? How can I be around people that are practicing that culture? So whether that's, I know in college, it's really easy to like find um, like Black Student Association if you want to expose yourself to more Black culture. I know at my college, there was what they call the Caribsa. Um, our Caribbean Student Association. So I was able to expose myself to Caribbean culture. And for a lot of students, that was like the first time that they were exposed to that culture. And maybe they weren't exposed to it in high school. They didn't go to a school where they had a lot of friends that looked like them. So it becomes something that you have to really be seeking out and looking for and really saying like, we're going to make this a priority. Because if you don't, yeah, there's the chance that it it becomes not important and your kids grow up kind of questioning, you know, what do I associate with? Or if only one parent's teaching me stuff and the other's not, then they tend to identify more with that side. And it's all about that exposure and, again, being open to learning and practicing things that are different. Most definitely. We were curious because we want to ask a question that maybe our listeners, our audience can relate to. And we were curious, have you had a response or a reaction from anyone in your life in regards to your interracial marriage that did not sit well with you? And maybe how did you deal with that? Mm. Um, My family and my friends are super supportive and we live in San Diego, which there's like interracial couples all over the place. So I didn't have any bad reactions to my relationship luckily but prior to being married um when I was actually in college I had someone um it was a group of black women that I was hanging out with and one of them made a comment about how she didn't believe in interracial marriage and she thought it was like watering down black culture 
and it like took me aback I was kind of in that moment I don't think I said anything because I was just so shocked that I was like you realize like you're saying that to someone that's interracial and is very in touch with work culture for <laughs> for that matter and so it was kind of I I, I felt hurt by that and I, I probably don't I rarely speak to this person anymore, <laughs> but, but I think if I had been educated enough at that moment and felt comfortable talking to her, I would have really wanted to talk about the fact that that is not something, having her culture watered down, as she said, is not something that happens because of the other person you're in a relationship with. It oftentimes has to do with the fact that you, as a person, are not in, in touch with your culture which that's a completely separate issue like you can be married to whoever but if you're not in touch with your culture you aren't gonna share that and you're not going to teach that and pass it down so being in an interracial relationship it requires another level of awareness of who you are and who your partner is and being willing to really learn and immerse yourself in not just what you practice, but what they practice so that you can continue passing down that culture and making it a, a important aspect of your kid's life or an important aspect of just your relationship, whether you decide to have kids or not, it's, it's all about how you treat your culture. And if you're going to respect it and practice it and be proud about it, then there's, you're not going to let it get watered down. <laughs> you're not going to let that happen. So I think it, it was kind of an ignorant comment in that, that moment. Um, but I think when you are in an interracial relationship that's healthy and you feel connected and involved with your partner and their culture, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And ultimately your children get exposed to more and become more open to people that look different than them and act different than them. And I know I've being of an Asian and black background, I know I feel really connected to Asian Americans and have really exposed myself to that side of my culture as well to make sure that I'm in touch with it and it's something that I'm still practicing and involved with. Um, and yeah, it just comes down to your level of comfort and your level of openness and your willingness to learn and, and continue learning forever, ultimately. Yeah. Thank you for being open about that. Um, if I can be honest, I'm a little jealous that you know your roots and where you come from, because I feel like being a Black woman in America, I mean, that's pretty much all I can say, a Black woman in America. I can't even say like, oh, I'm from here. My roots mm -hmm. trace from there. And the mm -hmm. point of you valuing the pieces of you and making sure mm -hmm. that your kids understand that, I feel like it's so powerful. So her comment was ignorant because mm -hmm. it's up to you to stay connected to your roots. So mm -hmm. I'm appreciating all that you just said, because it's really important. Yeah. And and that's something that, again, it, it's that, that openness to, to learning and exposing yourself. And, you know, as kids, we're not able to necessarily, you know, pick up a book and read about our, our history, especially because school's not teaching us very much about our history as Black women. But ultimately, once we get older and we're able to say, like, I, I want to know more and I'm going to strive to, to make that a part of who I am versus 
thing. Like I'm not very connected to it and I'm just going to let it stay that way. Like if we make the conscious effort to say, I'm going to be in touch with, with my identity. I'm going to be in touch with my past, whatever, whatever I have to do to make that happen. Um, I know this, this saying from Clark Atlanta, my brother went to Clark Atlanta university. It's um, find a way or make one. So if, if you're not able to find the history readily available in school or wherever, make it happen. Like really connect yourself and do the research and and surround yourself with people. And ultimately, Black people, we, we create our own culture right here in, in America. We may not be connected to our ancestral history, but we're able to... We, we have amazing culture, <laughs> like like black culture is our culture. And whether it's our music or the way we dance or what we, what we eat, all of that is a part of our culture. And it's an important aspect of who we are ultimately. Yes, yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was such a good question. Um, um, so, Today, today on our episode, we talked about a lot of different perspectives um, on interracial relationships. And so at the end of our episodes, we like to give a takeaway, something that um, our listeners can use, maybe even if not use, just anything that you want folks to be able to take away from this episode. So what would you say, Lee? Um, I would say that if you want to be in an interracial relationship or you are in an interracial racial relationship that the biggest thing you can do is check in with your partner and check in with yourself about what is important to my identity and finding out from your partner what's important to your identity that maybe I'm not aware of or I'm not I haven't been open to in the past what's something that we can incorporate from our culture into our relationship and if there's kids involved what's something that is non-negotiable when it comes to passing down that culture and really checking in and seeing how can I be there for you to support you in your identity. All right. So I really enjoy this episode just because I think it's a, it is an important topic and I think it's one that we don't talk about a lot. And, and I know for sure in specifics with myself, I don't talk about a lot just because thinking of people around me in my life, I don't know a lot of internet know a lot of folks in interracial relationships um and growing up in my family it wasn't a lot of interracial relationships either um so it's something that you know I just feel like it, it was very interesting to hear her perspective and um also just giving I, sh I should have gave Lee her her flowers when she was on here but like Lee is popping y'all like I went to grad school with her and that's actually where she met her husband um and just to see her like, you know, really out here being able to discuss such an important topic and living out her truth, I think is absolutely beautiful. I'm super proud of her. Uh, Myra, what are your reflections on today's episode? Um, I think I agree with what you're saying. I don't know very many interracial relationships. Um, and that's not really something that I grew up around either because where I grew up, everybody was either black and then we had the same four Filipino people that I've always known. And then we had a few Mexican people and that wasn't really, oh, I guess we had interrelationship. I guess when we kind of did, but I never really looked at it that way because mm -hmm. we're so yeah. 
a mesh with each other because I literally grew up with the same people like elementary school middle school high school we all knew each other people in the neighborhood we all knew each other um so I guess I never really thought about it now that I'm thinking about it so something I feel like I see more here in San Diego um because there's so many different types of people here but something I never really thought of um but I kind of want to segue from there into um what I've been watching lately there's this show well so I guess it's like a documentary um, in our mother's garden on Netflix. I'm really enjoying that. I highly suggest y'all watch it. Um, and it talks about, you know, different roots of black women. So tracing back to their great grandparents, their grandmas, telling stories down to them and their mothers and what was important for their family. So we have one lady, she's all about her altar. She's really big into Creole culture. So, you know, Creole culture, they are really big into, you know, honoring their ancestors, never letting their name die out. And then there's this other lady, she's into like jewelry making. So I think that was really cool to see just, cause I always think about like, what is black culture? Like, what do we have? Cause I think about, you know, the food, the dance, but I want to go much deeper than that. I feel like there's more that we just are not made aware of. So I think yeah. for me watching that, it gave a little bit more to it. Cause it's like, yeah, I get, we have rhythm, we dance. Yeah, we have good food, we have music, but I feel like there's more that we're just not talking about. So that made me feel a little good. Cause I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like, what do we have? So yeah. I highly suggest watching that. What's it called again? In Our Mother's Garden, it's on Netflix. It has a really pretty pink picture. So yes. Yeah, Am really I gonna cry? I don't think you're gonna cry you'll more so be like thinking like what do I have because it was really making me think like what does my family have because I feel like some families they have something that they pass down so then I remember like it was making me think about this time I like begged my grandma to make something to pass down and like she actually had something and she didn't realize it so I don't know it just makes you think like what does my family do for our culture right and that piece too like how you how you ask I mean you you're such a intuitive person and I can only imagine you as a kid but like what kind of kids like you granny you need to give me something to pass down but then like you said she thought about it and it was like she has plenty of stuff sometimes we're just we're not asking and they're not doing I think about that all the time about like I wish I was at home to take in my grandmother's recipes so she, she's giving me recipe books but y'all know black people it's not the same you have to watch them do it you need to do it with them to really like get that you know, like that real deal recipe yeah. down. So like we, you know, some we may have to start asking our, you know, those who we are elders that we do have as well. And especially um, for their like natural remedies. My grandma, she had like this natural remedy that I used to always I'm so thankful that I watched my grandma cook because I literally can cook the same things that she's made. So like my mom's like, How do you know how to make greens? And I'm like, I literally just washed and paid attention and she told me. Yeah. And my grandma has this recipe of like grapefruit oranges lemon and then she like puts like paprika or something in there and she like boils it and literally I would drink it and my cold would be gone like in five minutes so I would watch her make it like okay I gotta learn how to make this and now I'm thinking like when I'm really really sick is the only time I remember to make it and then I'm like oh I should be writing this down yes absolutely I need to call my granny oh uh, <laughs> I, I just talked to one of them Sunday and it is like that they oh, they just have so much information and we most definitely need to do better at um you know utilizing it and and talking to them um yeah no that was I'm gonna have to check that that uh that Netflix series though out yeah well 
our time has come to an end, so we want to thank y'all for tuning into this week's episode.